Welcome, everybody, to The Psychologists Are In. I am Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmitson. And today we are talking about season six, episode one, Sean versus Darth Vader, written and directed by Steve Franks, who we love so much. This was fun for Tim and I because I feel like our characters had a lot of really fun stuff to do and you all had great fan questions. So there's that too. Please enjoy. Hi, Tim. Hi, Maggie. You look great. Amazing as always. So nice of you to say. You look fantastic as well. You look great. So nice of you to say as well. And bright. Tim, we have so much coming up. Oh my God. We have San Francisco and Atlanta. Yeah, not for all you listeners, but yeah. San Francisco will be okay. Yes. I was thinking this was gonna air after. It's not. So holy moly. Today for us is Monday. I leave on Friday. I leave on for a Saturday. We got to see each other yesterday for to do a little promo video for the Atlanta comic convention yeah which was it was uh great to get to see you and i got to meet my nephew finally you did you got to meet linus when tim met linus or when linus met tim there we go that sounds better it was very very sweet and uh he wanted to eat everything in the yard well it's, but still it, it, i love him already i can't wait for him to be all healed up from his surgeries and for him to really get to uh meet his uh his cousin mabel I know. As soon as he's healed, he can play, which will just be so good. Tim. Maggie. We're talking about an episode I kind of uh, forgot about, like I haven't seen in so long. And then when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, my God, this is the lie detect. This is a huge taggy episode for us. This episode contains one of my favorite scenes, which we'll get to. Okay, good. Um, Well, let's get into it. Hey, right. Let's do it. I, I, I've said how amazing you look, right? Uh, you did. Thank you, Tim. You look amazing too. In our little visit yesterday, we quickly went over like what we're wearing to sketch, uh, to sketch yes. party. Although you didn't say what you're wearing, but you just could surprise me. I will surprise you. I think I'm going to change outfits now because of what you're wearing. Make sure my suits, it still fits. Mm. Yeah, you're doing a suit, so I'm going to dress it up a little bit. Um, but let's see. Let's see what happens. Okay, ready? Let's go. Season six, episode one. We're in season six. Oh my golly. Crazy. Sean Rescues Darth Vader, written by Steve Franks, directed by Steve Franks. Our hero. Yeah. We love him. And uh, it's fun. It's just fun. This is a very Steve episode, too. I feel like this is like a good one, like really close to like Steve's heart in some way. It's like, uh, about the Darth Vader and the figurine, and oh, it's good. What do you think about it being a Steve episode? He hits the funny, and he hits a lot of really great heart and emotional character development in this one. Yes, he does. He like, actually sets so much up. I agree with you. I do think there was a nice emotional setup for the whole arc of season five. I mean, sorry, season six. We're in season six. I cannot believe this. I can't believe this. I'm so you caught me speechless for a sec. For one yeah. second, speechless. Just the thought of season six and the fact that we are already on our little podcast show, the psychologists are in a psychiatrist podcast. The fact that we're up to season six already, in addition to getting to talk 
about this show that we love. We all love. I mean, to be honest, otherwise, why would you be listening if you didn't love this show? And we love all of you. And you're the reason that we get to make this podcast and that we are going across the U.S. this year doing this podcast live with everybody. We have as many cities booked as we did seasons of the show. Right now, so we're up to eight, eight, c- eight cities booked. Nine. We just announced Atlanta. Nine. We have nine now. We just can't announce that other one. Oh, right, which is probably going to come uh, mm-hmm. within days. You'll be getting the ninth announcement. For it. Yes. It's very close to my heart. Yeah, it's- me too. Great. All right, let's do this. Ready? Pineapple siding. There's a pineapple. Oh, did you get this? You didn't get this, right? I didn't either. There's a pineapple on the banister of the staircase inside the mansion. I remember this episode. I remembered this mansion. I remembered these nights. It was fun. Okay. In a sneaky spy-like ability, Sean makes his way into a super swanky event. He's he looks looking quite nice in a tux, I might add. He then sneaks upstairs, walkie-talkie communicates to Gus and an 11-year-old boy. Apparently, an 11-year-old boy hired Sean and Gus to retrieve his stolen Darth Vader action figure collectible from the British ambassador's son's room at their temporary residence in Santa Barbara. With um with the 11-year-old boy in, in his car was hilarious. So good. Okay, Sean successfully sneaks into the ambassador's residence during a lavish party at the ambassador. Uh, lavish party the ambassador is hosting in honor of successfully exonerating Colin, a British student, of murdering his girlfriend, Sarah. Wedding? A what? He was accused of wedding? Oh, oh. Uh, and I was uh, a British student was accused of murdering his girlfriend, Sarah. Nice. First one of those of season six. Hello, sir. Do you want to sit on mama's lap? Sean successfully retrieves Darth Vader, but in the process, he comes across the body of a dead woman. Yes, Tim. I do have to call out before we get to that point, which I'll get to very quickly. Um, the the evening is actually being hosted by, hostessed by the amazing Polly Walker. Great actress, Polly Walker. Love her. Who I discovered first, or first saw in one of my favorite shows, Rome, which became one of my favorite shows. So good. Then I'm, I'm on separate a very long-winded psychiatry of separation about Rome, if yeah. you want to hear. What is it? So, as some of you know, I was on a show called Deadwood, possibly the greatest American television show ever made, other than Psych. But Deadwood came out. So, um, David Milch went to HBO and to pitch Deadwood, and they said, "You know, we've already kind of got this because he was going to do." Um, they wanted the beginnings of a of a civilization. And they said, we've got Rome. We're doing the show called Rome. So Deadwood almost didn't happen because HBO was doing Rome with Polly Walker. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Fun fact. That's good. Was fun fact. Yeah. Before he's able to investigate, he is forced to escape as his presence is discovered by guards. Sean quickly escapes, but not before he is spotted and chased. Sean narrowly escapes, but now he and Gus have a murder to solve. <gasps> but now he and Gus have a... Murder... To solve. <laughs> Cue the theme song. Over at the SVPD, Lasseter has Julie strapped to a lie detector. Yes. When you said he escapes over the he escapes over the roof and is spotted. Who else is spotted? Byron is spotted. It is such an obvious shot of Byron. That's true. And then the jump down into the uh, end of the tent and the famous Hollywood cowboy switch of the cowboy switch. The person goes down. Actor pops up, 
And it's our hero, James Rodriguez. Yes, it is. Okay, over at the SVPD, Lasseter has Juliet strapped up to a lie detector. He knows about her relationship with Sean, and he wants her to come clean. Ooh, is good. And I, I deflect, deflect, deflect. Lasseter asks her yep. if she's dating anyone. But Juliet avoids answering and disconnects herself from the device. Lassiter knows the truth. I love this scene so much with you. Me too. Okay. At that moment, Sean and Gus come barreling through the SBPD doors. They tell Juliet and Lassiter that Sean had a vision about a murdered woman under a bed in the house up the hill at the formal gathering. Lassiter doesn't want to hear it, but Juliet maintains that they should follow up on Sean's vision. Sean then gives an address, an unusually specific psychic vision. Yes. One of my favorite bits. So um, as... Sean's down the hallway and says, I'm seeing a woman. And the last of course, thinks he's referring to Jules. He says, oh, really? Or is it a secret? <laughs> and it looks to my favorite Jules face ever. It's the, it's the Maggie Lawson, tight-faced, cranky with annoyed by Lasseter face. <laughs> One of my favorite recurring of your faces. Um, my faces. I make a lot of faces on the show. That's true. Uh, that's funny. Juliet is slightly baffled by the precision of this particular psychic prediction, but goes along with it, which upsets Lassiter. Sean, Gus, Juliet, and Lassiter head to the mansion where they meet the ambassador and his vice counsel, Rhonda, Randa, who have both been in Santa Barbara for the past month lobbying for the release of Colin, the accused British student. You yes. can't gloss over the ambassador. Of course, led by Malcolm McDowell. Of course, the coolest ever. The and also... James's favorite movie ever at Clockwork Orange. Am I correct in that? Pretty much. Yes. It's 100,000%. Yeah. Like this was such a big deal and also so cool for, for James. Sean describes the dead body he envisioned, a woman in sparkly dress and lavish earrings. And with that, the ambassador immediately, immediately allows them entry to investigate. However, when Sean goes to show them where the psychic, where he psychically saw the body, the body is not there. Oh, <gasps> Sean looks around and sees the marks on the ground and states that he has had a vision that tells him the body was dragged to a different part of the property, the pool area. And sure enough, there she is floating in the water. As a public service announcement to all the listeners, O'Hara is in a Pepto drink blouse. Ish. Yeah, it is. It's a real one. It's a real one. It's like rosy. Yeah. It's very much a a rosé blush. It's very much. You're welcome for any of you playing the Pepto drink drinking game. Yes. Pepto drink, as Tim says. In the midst of defending Sean to Lassiter, Julie blurts out the truth about her relationship with Sean. And with that, Lassiter tells her he wants a new, honest partner. But Chief Vic isn't having it. I love this scene. This, the scene prior to that, where uh, just before we get, to, we get to SPPD, when we're still outside the mansion, and I, see, I say we need to talk to Vic, to Vic so I can get a, a partner that I can trust just hurt me. It hurt me just watching it so much. <laughs> me too. I it was like, wait, it, it, that one really hurt. Even though yeah. it, was, it was just acting, I was like, Oh, this just, this is so painful to watch. Yeah. It was painful. I love that scene. It just starts off with no, 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 and no. And I love that chief Vic just gets right to it. She's like, does it affect your abilities to perform your, you know, detective, whatever jobs more like, no. And she's like, I don't want to hear it. Like, yes. Anyway, uh, they are to remain partners, what, uh, whatever their beef is, because Chief Vic is not having it. And thus, Vic remains the dar- uh, in the dark about Sean and Juliet's relationship. I don't uh, like it when we're fighting. What? I don't like it when we're fighting. <laughs> it's funny. 
Uh, back at the SBPD, the case is discussed among the team. Vic explains the dead body and Annabeth York, a low-level member of the ambassador's staff who was pressuring the prosecutor and was a key component in getting the British students' murder charges dropped. She had, in fact, found a witness to confirm the, the accused student's alibi. Henry pulls Sean aside to warn him that his credibility as a psychic is in jeopardy because his vision was so specific that if the SBPD finds out he was at that party, he may get himself into some big trouble. Dun, dun, dun. But Sean stays focused on solving the case and begins to question the ambassador. Sean predicts that the ambassador was so upset by Annabeth's death because he was sleeping with her during the time of her death. Henry checks up on Sean's theory and heads to Woody's office to look up the preliminary report on the cause of death. Woody says that she knew her attacker had been strangled. Woody! I got Kurt Fuller in classic. Why Kurt Fuller is a member of our family and team on the show. Just He's so funny in this. So freaking funny. Incredible dead can- deadpan timing. Can we say Kurt Fuller's going to be one of our guests? We can't say where. You can't say which city because that hasn't been announced yet. Can't say what city, but uh, yeah, we're excited. He's going to be live on stage with us somewhere. I don't know about you all, but sometimes I feel really down when, I don't know, if I have like a bad interview or let's say I set a goal for the week and like on day one, I sort of break it. It's just, it's bad. It's a bad feeling. Anyway, we all know it's easy to focus on the negative, but it's important to remember to take care of yourself. One of the best forms of self-love is taking care of your skin so you can feel good on the inside and out. And that is why we are excited to partner with Apostrophe. Apostrophe's goal is to help you feel confident in your own skin, whether you're dealing with breakouts, signs of aging or acne scarring. Apostrophe will help you love the skin you're in. Apostrophe is an online platform that connects you with an expert dermatology team to get customized acne treatment for your unique skin. Through Apostrophe, you can get access to oral and topical medications that use clinically proven ingredients to help clear acne. Simply fill out an online consultation about your skin goals and medical history, then snap a few selfies and a dermatology provider will create customized treatment plan just for you. Apostrophe offers access to prescription treatments for all types of acne, from hormonal acne, facial acne, back, chest, and even butt acne. Treat breakouts from head to toe. Honestly, for me, I think it's like at this point in my life, yes, I have had more breakouts over the last couple of years than I've had in a while. I use apostrophe to improve skin texture, reduce dark spots. And I will say like over the last couple of years, I've had more breakouts than usual. I'm sure it's just like the stress of COVID and life and everything else. We have a special deal for the audience. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash pine apple when you use our code pineapple that's a savings of $15 this code is only available for our listeners so to get started go to apostrophe.com slash pineapple and click get started then use our code pineapple at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only five dollars so good thank you apostrophe for sponsoring this episode anyway sean manages to get back into the ambassador's home to investigate there he overhears a conversation that proves the ambassador didn't kill the girl. In fact, the ambassador's next step is to hire Sean to help find the girl's actual killer. And with that, Sean is granted temporary diplomatic immunity. Sean searches the bedroom where he found the dead body. There he flashbacks to what he saw in the closet. Shoes standing in a pigeon-toed position. He remembers seeing a distinct pair of shoes through the opening in the closet that night. Only this time, the shoes are not there. The ambassador informs Sean that he never keeps shoes in there and... From that, Sean figures out that the pair of shoes was actually on a human body and that the killer was likely hiding in the closet right after he murdered the girl. More importantly, I have to call out how cute your hair is in this episode. It is cute in this episode. This whole episode, it's 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 like a whole it's a new it's a new thing you're doing. It was, had a ponytail. It was cute. I liked it too. 
I had good hair. It was a good hair episode for for Mags. Even I'll say that. Made a note about that. Like, oh my God, <laughs> I've seen this episode. The ambassador thinks the killer may be the intruder from earlier, which unbeknownst to them was actually Sean. Sean quickly squelches the ambassador's theory about the intruder being the killer and then realizes that the last car to leave the party belonged to Colin, the student whose murder charges got dropped. Now they think Colin killed the girl. Sean then leads the team to Colin's host family's house. He meets the ambassador's public affairs officer, Charles Wingnall, who is also a part of Colin's host family. Right then, Juliet gets a call that they found a fingerprint on the body and they're on their way to make an arrest. The fingerprint belongs to Randa, who we learned didn't kill her, but instead moved the body to protect the ambassador from the accus- from accusations of her murder. So now they are back to thinking it was Colin who was the culprit. They find Colin and the chase ensues, which ends with Sean, Gus, and Colin in jail. Lassiter informs Sean that his diplomatic immunity has been revoked and then presents him with a photo taken at the party. A photo of Sean. Are they, are they in the jail now? The jail cell now? The yes. Cell? One of my favorite. Because I kept waiting. Every time Sean said diplomatic community, I was waiting for his lethal weapon to impression. I know. <laughs> I, was, I still remember that line from that movie. The diplomatic. diplomatic. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that, but he's in because I watched it with subtitles and it says Russian accent. And I'm like, no, it's not. He's South African. And then I love that Gus calls him out and saying it's not Russian. He's, and then Sean remembers, you know, the character was South African. There were evil South Africans in that episode. Yeah. It was, it was the apartheid movie. Um, Lasseter informed Sean that his diplomatic immunity has been revoked. And then he presents him with a photo, right? A photo of Sean, a photo that may very well prove Sean was there the night of the woman's murder and that they, uh, that he has been lying the whole time. Lasseter wants an explanation, but Sean vehemently denies it. Uh, it's him in the photo. Lasseter then straps Sean to the lie detector test. Here you go. Sean ends up telling the slight truth, but ends up leaving the stuff about him being at the party out. He then comes clean about his and Juliet's relationship and admits that he loves her. Cut that to moment. Including you. so funny with everyone leaning forward to check the lie detector test to see if he's telling the truth or not. One of my favorite mon- moments in the series in the entire series. I love that. I love that shot. And I forgot it was in this episode. Steve, good job. So he then comes clean. He admits he loves her. Juliet is pleased. He is telling the truth about his affections as the lie detector doesn't skip a beat. Then Lazarus asks the ultimate question. Are you psychic? Sean is able to pass the lie detector test without revealing the actual truth. He beats it and Lassiter is shocked. Then something dawns on Sean, and the last thing Sean says while hooked up to the polygraph is, I know who killed that woman. They head back to Colin's host family's home. While in the house, Sean has a vision of a pair of feet walking down the stairs. The feet belong to the student's host, Charles Wingnall. The vision quickly causes him to flash back to an image of the same exact pigeon-toed pair of feet he saw in the closet where the girl was left murdered. This must be their guy. Sean further proves that Charles is the murderer when he exclaims that Charles was the one driving Colin's car home from the party and that he was the last one to leave. Charles had diplomatic immunity. I love we keep saying that. But it was revoked by the ambassador since he fired him. Charles is then arrested and the case is finally laid to rest. Back at the SBPD, Lassiter straps himself into the polygraph and proceeds to give Sean a talk about his relationship with Juliet. This is so sweet. This is my, I think my hands down, my favorite chassis scene. Yeah, it's really, really good. So Lassiter says if he hurts her in any way, he'll have, he'll have no problem discharging his pistol. 
Sean is actually sort of touched by this exchange. And then in one last flashback, we see Sean was able to pass Lassiter's lie detector test because Henry had a polygraph in the basement. Of course he did. And taught Sean how to believe it. Sorry, sorry. I think very importantly, many asterisks in my notes. I think we have a series first here. Whoa, tell me. Pull the car over, get off down off the ladder, put the weight down, slow down the the treadmill. I think that's the very first time we have a... um, an opening flashback at the end of the show. I noticed that too. I was like, look at us. I loved the timing of that. I'm glad you can't have that at the top of the episode. It gives too much away, but to have it at the end. Oh my God. It was great. I, that was very clever. Genius move, Steve Franks. We've got a very important question. I I don't even know. I know. I know. Maggie, you and I, I'm pretty confident in saying, have podcast the shit out of the season opener. We have, but Tim, we're not done. We have questions, fan questions. Okay, you're right, but I still, so I would need. I just had to say those words. And but Debbie, we, oh, we didn't say Debbie, it. Oh my god. So okay, yes, we didn't say that. We didn't. For, we didn't ask each other the question. <gasps> anyway, does that mean the episode doesn't exist? No. You know what? You know what I think? I think because there was no flashback at the beginning of this episode it was at the end i think what we did was instead of asking each other this this question at the beginning we did it at the end because you know we're just on theme we're on brand with the episode such a nice save this is why you're the most amazing partner partner in the world thanks tim and we were were too busy complimenting each other because we were so stunned at how great we both looked this morning uh that's true we've plum forgot our own bits Okay, these are good questions. I actually know the answer to this, and I am going to throw it out there. But who is the Star Wars fan in the psych group? Do you Uh, know? I think you. It would probably be... Well, I'm a new one, though. So for me, I watched all... And then started watching... I watched 11 Star Wars movies during the pandemic. And then also watched the series... Uh, the Mandalorian, and then I watched anyway. But you know who the real Star Wars fan is in the group, but she wasn't on the show yet. Is Jasmine? Oh, I did not know this. Yeah, Jasmine knows what's up with Star Wars. That's very good. I, as a kid, I the long back in the day in the sense that a long playing record of the Star Wars movie, which was basically every bit of dialogue. And in which I wish I can't believe I still don't have this. It was an, it was like a vinyl LP of the entire movie. Oh my god! I heard that existed. I I know that exists somewhere. I've heard this before. Oh, that's a Good. bummer, Tim. All the time as a kid. So I that was the the main record I would listen to. In my little I love room. it. Cold. I love it. That's really cool. So because um, of that years later, as I started getting into a little bit into voiceover work, which I never quite cracked that walnut. But I, I've done a ton of story, a voice, a ton of Star Wars games, and I went in one day for one of my very first ones, and they said, "Do you want to try the thirty-eight ounce steak that nobody can swallow?" And I was like, "Sure, what is it?" So they um, they had me audition to play Obi Wan in this one um, game, but because I, I had this, I'd listened to this record so much, I had like a spot on Alec Guinness at the time, so I I just basically did this voice match impression of Alec Guinness and booked this Star Wars game playing Obi Wan. So now that's on my resume that I've actually played Obi Wan. Wow. Wow. That's so cool. So maybe it's you. 
Tim, who do you think could pass a lie detector test in the cast? Kirsten. Oh, Kirsten for sure could. She'd be amazing. Because Kirsten doesn't, she just doesn't get rattled anyway. So, like, I think a lie detector, she'd take a deep breath and she would be all, she'd be straight. She, oh, yeah. Kirsten is a good one. He's super stony. And how amazing we were both so adamant about that right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. In fact, you know, I was worried you were going to say me because I don't know if this is a good quality because of my mafia when we play mafia, except I'm a very uh, obvious liar. So that wouldn't work. No, Kirsten Hells, yes. Which childhood toy would you rescue? Whoa. I was very into the pound puppies. I was all, I I never really played with dolls. I couldn't care about, I could care less about Barbies and whatever, but uh, I know. Oh, I know. Do you want to get down? Um, I would go, my pound puppies were my life. So I'd go with those. Do you remember? What would yours be, Tim? It would be my, um, I had a pedal car. It was a convertible 63 Falcon, which is why I now own a convertible 63 Falcon. Because all these years I was like, I wanted this car. It was on my brain. Now I realized as an adult, Oh, it's because I had the pedal car. It was I had the, I had this convertible Falcon pedal car. Yeah. So I that's wish super it- cool. That's super cool. I like that. Okay. Do you think Lassie overreacted to Shules? Absolutely. Uh, my answer or your answer? My answer I, is absolutely not because. Wait. Uh, he he did not overreact to the um. The feeling of being um, deceived by his partner because. That relationship is everything. I agree. I actually don't think he overreacted either. In fact, I think he was... I think he perfectly reacted. And also there's all there's like the thing too of like, you know, have we had the scene where... I think we already have, yeah. Where like all of us are like sitting at my desk and like, I don't know. I feel like Lassiter is always a little bit like left out. And I feel like that would be like... So to have another thing that like he's sort of, you know, not included or whatever. Fortune, the Chinese food fortune cooking moment. Exactly. That's what I was thinking of. And I'm like, oh, you know, so and I could see he just feels hurt. Well, you know, he's hurt. And O'Hara is his closest friend. Yeah. As like, we, it's a big deal. No, it was anyway. big. And so that is, that's why, because he did not overreact. The scene with the lighter toucher test and Sean, when he basically says, if you don't treat this woman with the respect she deserves, I will effing kill you is yeah. so so blue steel dead on absolutely means it every every word every it's very good it's very special of that, of that sentence I will shoot you repeatedly and no because, because he is I mean when a couple episodes we were talking about how with those when those lines blur between um the character's relationship and our relationship and friendships like that that was another moment where it's like absolutely blurred of like this is. That was me talking about Maggie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they could have had a real lie detector probably set up in that scene and you would have passed it. <laughs> it's true. Okay. I don't know. Where was the mansion scene filmed? I mean, it was filmed in a mansion somewhere. It was up on a hill. I remember that. I don't I remember. remember. I remember that bridge, walking to that on that bridge to the um, the pools. And I remember the fog. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that too. Real I remember fog. that too. That's right. It was not, it was not movie fog. It wasn't. It was real. I do remember that too. Do you think Chiefic knows deep down that Sean is not psychic? Me? Are you really going to ask that? I think she has a feeling. And I think uh, she, for her, at the end of the day, 
Is he doing his job? Does he do it well? Does he help them solve crimes? Is he sometimes right when her own detectives are not? Yes. So for her, it's best she not actually know the truth because she can just operate from from the work that he's doing. So I think that she has a feeling um, uh, personally, and I think she'd rather not know. Just like the, the thing she gives us when she's like, is this going to affect, you know, your work? Then I don't want to know about it, you know? I can't agree. You were so articulately perfect on that. I can't agree with you more. Yeah, she, um, I think she does know. And it doesn't matter because he gets the job done. Much like she could pass a lie detector test because she's so stony and smart. Right. She, I think she's, she deep down she knows and doesn't care. Right. I agree with you. I agree with you. Well, I agree. Guy, I just restated your answer. So, okay. No, but that's the thing. Okay, last question. Are there any cast routines or traditions when you started a new season to like kick things off? Do we have any? Well, let's see. We had one was drinking Fridays, which was always fun. And I think that lasted until the end. I would say to kick things off, we definitely would have a dinner. We'd hit Joey's. We'd all be back. Like that was a good, always a good kickoff. And um, Joey's or Blue Water Grill. Joey's or Blue Water, yeah. Sometimes we might class it up a little bit if we were like, it was like seasons Opus. Opus. Oh well, that was in the early seasons. Yeah, the early seasons was Opus. No, we're Uh, we're close to the the bottom of the Shangri La. Market. Market. Yeah, we liked Market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Market. Still like Market. Um, And we we and I couldn't start the season without a, a Starbucks date. Exactly. Oh, we had a definite Starbucks date. We had a few. We had some traditions too that were not at the beginning of the season. We had a mid-season party usually. We had a mid-season wrap party that was always very fun. It was sort of like the, you know, just got us all in the mood to keep going and it was a good time. Anyway, so I think we did good, Tim. I think this was a good opener for for our... It's okay, buddy. What am I saying? For our new season six. I can't believe... Oh my gosh. Happy season six, everyone. Happy season six to you, my dear friend and co-star that I love. Happy season six to you. And you know what? It's so funny because I'm just like, oh my God, we're going to have so many live versions of this. I cannot wait. That almost right now I'm like, oh, this is going to be like... I mean, this is, we'll continue doing our regular podcast, of course. But like, so like in March, the majority of our podcasts are actually going to be live. In February, half of our podcasts are going to be live. It's so exciting. We've got like two in February and three in March, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Two in February, three in March right now. Right now. You never know. I'm so excited to, to be in the same space with you to podcast the shit out of it. It's really you. fun. It's it's so much. It's so fun when we get to do in, to be in the same space. And then we'll have all the energy too of like the, the uh, our our lovely psychos and uh, we, we love them. Um, and we get to now hang out with them and, 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 uh, Linus is getting incredibly restless. So, um, I might have to let him out, (laughs) but I think we did good. I think we podcasted the shit out of season six, episode one. And this is just the kickoff to our last night, Gus, which we'll be doing in San Francisco in just a week. Cannot wait. We're 24 y'all. We love you psychos. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Psychologists Are In. We love you, psychos, so much, and we are so excited to see you in all of these cities across the U.S. this summer and year. We're thrilled. I guess we'll start with San Francisco, so see y'all in a couple days. And then the rest of you, maybe we'll see some of you in Atlanta as well. And if not, we'll see some of you for the first time in Atlanta, and we cannot, like, legit cannot wait. 
So we'll see you soon. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.